Hello. Welcome to the Good for Others podcast. Welcome to the Good for Others podcast. I'm your host, John Valencia, and with me today is our producer, Samantha Herod. Hey, guys. Today's guest is Kelly Buchanan. Kelly is an incredibly talented nonprofit leader and specializes in fundraising. I met Kelly in a leadership program several years ago, and I'm very thrilled that she is with us today. So welcome, Kelly. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. To kick off today's podcast, I'm going to ask you a few lightning round questions to get to know you a little better. How does that sound? Great. (laughs) All right. Cake or pie? Cake. Ooh. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Big dogs or small dogs? Small dogs. Have you ever worn socks with sandals? The slippers count. (laughs) (laughs) Name one of your guilty pleasures. Wine and Hallmark. Oh, only one. No, I like Hallmark Channel. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and it's tis the season. Oh, that's the best time of the year. It really is. (laughs) On a more serious note, who inspires you? Does it have to be one person? No. Um, My husband inspires me because... He's so intelligent. Mm. And I have to say, not lip service, you inspire me mm. because you're, you also are intelligent, but you just defy odds. Mm. Well, I think you do the same, which is why mm, I always you. say we're kindred spirits doing great we're work, right? kindred spirits, yes. And we help each other through this journey that is sometimes difficult, uh, but we're there for the right reasons and to support these amazing causes that really matter, right? Absolutely. And that's what drives us. All right. So let's talk about fundraising, Kelly. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your background, though, first. Well, I've been fundraising for 23 years. Mm-hmm. I started as a grant writer uh, for a small nonprofit organization in, down, in downtown San Diego. I was a grant writer for about eight, 10 years, and then went to other organizations and started branching out into other areas of fundraising, including events, uh, Special events, ah, yes, we love them. Uh, um, Sponsorships, um, annual fund, direct mail appeal, capital campaigns, planned giving, major gifts. The whole gamut. Now, now today, it's the whole gamut. That's amazing. Now, when you were young, did you say, I want to go be a fundraiser? Probably not. No, (laughs) but I think things that in my life that occurred in hindsight, Mm -hmm led me to this place. Mm. Let me me give me an example. Um, From a very young age, my mother always made me write handwritten thank you notes for gifts. Mm. And, and she would say, Kelly, one, if you want them to give you a gift next year, (laughs) you should thank them. And two, when they send money, you should really know, they should know that they re- you, you receive the gift, so you should send them a thank you outside of just the gratitude. Mm-hmm. So later on in life, <clears throat> when my mother actually um, worked at a nonprofit organization, that's actually how I got started. She worked at the Big Sister League, and oh, wow. she said, Kelly, I really need some help. You're only working a part-time job now <laughs> and going to school, so will you please come help me? So I did, and I was doing you know whatever she wanted me to do, and somebody dropped off a donation one day. And I said, oh, my goodness, this person needs a thank you. So I sat down at the computer 
and I wrote a thank you letter to them, put it on the executive director's desk with, you know, a note saying what happened. And the next week she pulled me into her office and she said, I want you to be my grant writer. So that's (laughs) how my fundraising career got started. Well, and I think for a lot of us, we fall into it, right? Right. And you're like, oh, someone knows someone who needs some help. You're smart. You're talented. You can do it. Um, I think especially for for us, right, there's a younger generation now who's going through nonprofit education and schooling and doing these things. Yes. Um, When I was in college, they did not have the nonprofit programs. Um, And, you know, now they they kind of think, okay, I want to go do some good work to help them and go through schooling. But for us and other generations before us, it wasn't, you know, you kind of fell into it. You either had some maybe marketing relationships or um, maybe sales background. And you kind of just fell into it. So that makes a lot of sense. Sales yeah. background, yeah. Absolutely. Because for me, I think that's, I loved sales. I think when I was growing up, I thought I'm going to go work for some company and do some great things, sell some widgets, but I didn't know what those widgets were. And then when I found out there's a nonprofit world where you can actually sell a mission and a cause, that to me seemed more satisfying than selling widgets. Right. Right. Especially with the different organizations that like you and I have worked with um, and you seeing the direct impact that it makes on those people's lives. That to me is really rewarding and satisfying. So absolutely. Doing oh. good work. Absolutely. Well, that's great. So let's talk about. If you could go back in time. And you could talk to your younger self. What would you say to that person, that younger version of you? Knowing all the information you've known now, the ups and downs of the nonprofit world, everything. But if you go back and tell yourself, hey, do this, don't do this, or whatever that would be. Is there something you would, you'd be able to tell yourself? No, no. I'm going to say no, Mm. because I think there's a reason why we are here today. Mm. And it requires that path that we had to follow. Yeah. To get where we are today. And I like where I am today. That's awesome. That's really great. Seems like a living a life without regret. Right? A lot of people do that. And you're like, oh, I wish I would have done this or I would have done that. And it seems that you're taking a different outlook on it saying, no, those things happen for reasons. And I am the, a better person because of those things that I've learned along the way. Right? Absolutely. That's pretty neat. I think a lot of people would struggle with that. I know I would struggle, but I think at the same time, I'm very grateful for where I've gone in my life based off of what I've learned, right? You've done some really great things. Well, thank you. And so have you. Thank you. All right. So for me, I think, and I, and knowing you, um, I would say some of my successes in the nonprofit world have been based off of building really strong relationships with humans, right? Whether it's donors, corporations, um, to me, I really feel that it's, if you can leverage those relationships, it, it just comes back and serves you throughout your career, right? So why don't you tell us a little bit about some relationships you've built along the way that have been um, helpful for you on your journey in your career? Profes- I mean, professionally or through a, like a Either, yeah. Well, you. um you know i'm still friends with a lot of my colleagues Mm. um 
another one of my really good friends is um, from a former a nonprofit, and we're still friends to this day. We still try to meet and catch up. And of course, she always sends me little jobs, if you know, or some opening or hints or leads. Um, and she's a great person. I, I think, I think you know who the kind people are, mm. and you gravitate towards them. At least I do. Yeah. Um, so I can honestly say that the relationships I have built, they're with really quality people. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? I think for me, I try to be as genuine as possible. Mm-hmm. I think that's has, that is what has served me the best in my journey. I also believe that every relationship can be mutual, a mutual benefit for both parties, right? So for me and you, for example, you and I talk about lots of things. We share experiences that we've had. We learn from each other when things happen. Um, we learn best practices. We bounce ideas off each other. That to me is um, makes me want to spend more time with people like you because that relationship is, you know, very harmonious. <laughs> it is harmonious. Yeah, right? I, I agree with you. Yeah. And so I think we <clears throat> inspire each other. We fuel each other. We get excited about certain things. And so I think that to me is I try to surround myself with the people like that. Yeah. And kind of like, you know, what you were just saying. Um, okay. So now let's talk about some of the relationships we've built, say with some donors or, or on that, on that front. Um, I know that you have been behind some really cool initiatives throughout the different uh, nonprofits you've worked at. Um, what would you say, what would you say is a common thread that you have had with some of your your big donors, you know, are how, how have you treated or built those relationships so that they could be fruitful for you? Well, first of all, I I try not to differentiate between big donors and small donors. Mm. I think they're all valuable. They're great, great, great point. Yes, they are. Um, so I try to treat everybody how I would want to be treated. Mm. The golden rule. Golden rule. And I think the, it has to be organic. Like you were, you were saying earlier, genuine. You have to be genuine. So I genuinely try to find commonalities with a donor. There's something in common. I mean, whether it's kids or grandkids, dogs, mm-hmm. anything um, to talk about. And then you get those people opening up about themselves. People like to talk about themselves. Yeah. I like to listen. Yeah, so for me, it's a very natural process doing relations. Mm-hmm. Um, question again? No, I, no, I no. think that's exactly right. It's, you know, what, you know, for me, I, I think of, I really love, and this is not a sponsored ad, but I love California Coast Credit Union, right? I, they, they have been very receptive to building a strong relationship for me with every organization I've worked with wow. in the last 10 years. And, and it's because of a really strong relationship I've created with uh, Renee McKee, their vice president there. And, you know, I, she's one of those people who I just really love spending time with. And she sees the value in what I can bring from an organization standpoint, and I can see the value that she can bring to a nonprofit that I'm working with, right? And so we can collaborate on some really cool initiatives 
and ideas that both benefit both parties. And we get to have fun in the process. Now, I always say, I was just at a conference not too long ago, and people said, what's, what's something that you loved telling people about fundraising? I said, well, I always say, what are the first three letters in the word fundraising? Fun. <laughs> and if you're not having fun, then you're not doing it right. Right? Right. So I think, I always think about how can I maintain a relationship with someone that's genuine and authentic and spend it with the people where I'm having fun, they're having fun, and we can do some really cool, impactful work together. That to me really, really is one satisfying, but also um, really rewarding. It right? is. Because we get rewarding. to choose the relationships we get to pick, right? And some, mm -hmm. we, some we don't. <laughs> if there's certain relationships with donors or whatever it may be, right? We have certain ones, but there are certain ones that definitely rise to the top where you want to just spend more time with, right? And mm -hmm. I, I think my relationship with, say, Renee from CalCoast is so strong and wonderful that I know whenever I'm going wherever, <laughs> she'll be like, okay, how can we participate in that process? And it's because she's built trust with me. I've built trust with her. And that goes a really long way. Yes. Um, versus I think I've seen a lot of um, other nonprofit leaders who've actually asked me and say, how, how do you build strong relationships? Like, what does that mean to you? And they think, oh, it's, it's I need X, Y, Z. I'm going to go ask that person. And the next year, I'm going to go ask that person again. Mm. And I think for a lot of people, they don't like that I don't like that when someone treats me that way. You're right. Right. It's very transactional. Right. And I think we've seen, especially in the last probably 15 years in the nonprofit world, we've moved from this idea of here's my X amount of donation per year. I'll see you in a year. Right. And it should be something where you get to take someone on a journey and, and they can see the transformation and the impact that, that those dollars are doing. And I think that's where I've had a lot of fun with people like Renee or others who can see and appreciate that fun and that journey to see where their impact is going um, and just building that relationship that I know will be fruitful for a long time. Right. Right. So I just I think that that's kind of one of my favorite parts about what we're doing. All right. So we are going to take a quick break, uh, but we will be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Good for Others podcast. I am with Kelly Buchanan, and we are talking about relationship building in the nonprofit world. All right, Kelly, let's talk about our donors. Do you have a favorite donor and why? I think, I think for me, as going back 22 years ago when I first started the nonprofit world, I didn't know what a donor was, how that worked, how to build a relationship. Um, so let's talk about one of yours, why that's so successful. So someone maybe listening could say, oh, that's, that could be very helpful. So let's talk about one of your favorite donors and you don't have to say their name for okay. confidentiality purposes, but, but what, let's talk about that person. So there was a donor and I do all aspects of fundraising. So it actually, he had been a donor for a long time at a previous organization. And 
he called up one day and he was upset. It was, a, we were doing, we were in the middle of a three phase holiday campaign. And he woke, he called one day and he was upset because he sent in a donation and he didn't receive the thank you before he received another ask. Of mm. course, I was mortified. Mm-hmm. Listen to him. The first impression though that I got was he cares. Mm. He cares about the organization because he called me and he wanted to talk about it. So I listened to him, apologized profusely, explained what had happened. And by the time he left, the, you know, got off the phone, he was in a better place. I made sure, obviously, that he wasn't on any future list of the campaign. But I didn't just leave it there. He was on my radar. So periodically, I would send him little gifts. This mm. particular organization had a very cool art program. He would get a calendar from me. He would get maybe just a handwritten note, um, maybe a phone call, maybe another gift, just some little touch points throughout the year. Well, about a year, that the year following that, he called me up and he wanted to come in and, and see the place, see the organization, wanted a tour. I said, that's great. And he wanted to make sure the executive director, the CEO was there. I said, great, I will make sure that happens. Well, when he visited, he also brought us a copy of his will and let us know that mm. the organization, he left the organization in his will. Wow. A very unexpected, un, and I didn't ask, mm-hmm. gift. Yeah, absolutely. So that, are... that touches me even to this day. Well, it's really funny because a lot of people will say, okay, how many times do I need to talk to a donor per year? And I always think that's the funniest question, right? <laughs> well, how many times do you call your grandma <laughs> a year, right? There's no specific formula. Every relationship to me is different, right? But you need to understand what a donor's intentions and what, what they want that relationship to, relationship to look like. Sometimes they really want to be involved and learn about everything that's happening and see some of the really great programs that are happening and hear from those participants and how their lives are changing, right? And others don't. They're busy and they've got other things, but it doesn't matter. We need to learn first, what does that person want, right? And what are their needs? Because they're obviously giving for a reason. Right. And I think people forget that sometimes. Right. Right. There's, you know, there's all these philosophies of like moves management and how many touches should a donor have per year. Right. And I loved that what you just said at the beginning about it just boils down to appreciation and someone feeling valued. It's simple as that. And I think a lot of people are validated in different ways. Right. Some people need the constant. Um, communication piece. Some people want to be brought to a very fancy event and and feel valued and appreciated that way. Um, And I think that's the key about just learning what someone wants. Because I always say relationships fail when there are no clear expectations and you don't communicate. It's the same in nonprofit world. It's the same in personal lives, right? With our own mm-hmm. spouses. <laughs> if you're not giving clear expectations, how does someone know how to meet them? And then if you're not communicating throughout that process, 
So when either of those things fail, and then you look back and wonder why, you're like, oh, that probably didn't happen. And so for me, I think that there are obviously tools out there that a lot of professionals use that can, you know, learn about, I like to call them gems, like gems of what a a donor loves, right? They have a, a, a cat or they like dogs or they like the movies or they like theater, they like to travel. And then you can build those very genuine relationships if you have things in common. And I think that some people I've seen in the nonprofit world will just go in and be like, okay, I'm supposed to ask about X amount of dollars from this person. They come in, they're very sterile. It's very uncomfortable. And they wonder why they walk out empty handed. And to me, it's it's like, well, how did that go? Did it feel like a natural conversation? Did it feel like you were asking about something or for something, right? It's it's how do you bring someone into the fold, right? It's we're doing some transformational and a really exciting work in these nonprofits. It's getting them excited about how they can impact it, right? And I think it's not just monetary, it's time, right? We always say it's always talent, treasure, and, and time, time yeah. right? Those those three things are equally valuable. Right. And, um, you know, I think that's the part that a lot of um, people can easily forget getting into the, the grind of everyday work, being like, I have to hit this goal. No, if you really focus on building relationships, that all falls into place. That's what I've always learned. Have you had that same experience? Exactly. In fact, um, if you're basically, if we're doing our jobs right, <laughs> yeah. we only have to really ask 10% of the time. That's right. Right? That's right. So I think the import, the relationships are really, really important. And it should be genuine. So for example, you were mentioning tools. If you have to constantly check your spreadsheet <laughs> to go over your donors, mm-hmm. and then you may keep some notes there, sure, because you don't want to forget. But usually I'm emailing, oh, I wonder how Judy's doing. We need to go have coffee again. Or how about, you know, oh gosh, I wonder what so-and-so is doing. Uh-huh. It's organic. It yeah. just comes up in your thought process. Yeah. And I think that for me is something I learned quickly was I was fortunate in my one of my first nonprofit jobs was everyone that was, was there were donors were actively involved in the work we were doing. And so I saw them all the time. And that was really exciting. I it, We had really active donors. Um, and so I got to see these people all the time. And I'm we're doing events and we're doing coffees and working on projects together. That was really neat. So when I went to my second job, nonprofit job, it was different. We, ha- we didn't have a lot of those jobs or those events or types of activities. And so I had to be like, well, where are these people, right? And start building relationships with them and realizing, oh, okay, so I'm not here, but how can I get myself to them in a way that they get to feel connected to the mission and the cause, right? And for me, I was just talking to someone yesterday. I really enjoy that part. That's right. A, yeah, that's the fun part. It's it's like a puzzle. It's figuring out how to bring people in and not make it be all about money. Because I think that's what a lot of nonprofit leaders think. Every time all you're doing is in ask mode. Mm-hmm. And I hate that feeling. I, I don't like doing that. Like you said, I only ask 10% of the time. <laughs> that's right. 
Because if I'm just having genuine conversations about the great work that's happening organically, if I'm saying, if I'm bringing them along the journey and they have capacity to give, then that just happens. Because giving feels good. It feels wonderful. It does. For all levels. I mean, even if I, you know, there's been times in my life where, you know, we, I didn't have a ton of money, but I would go and volunteer my time or, or any extra money, money I did have that went somewhere. I really loved seeing the impact of that. Yeah. Very true. This is sort of off topic. Um, well, somewhat. It's, when we're talking about asking money, asking donors for money, um, there's, there is one practice I like to, I always do. It doesn't matter who I'm working for. I cannot ask, when I do ask, ask somebody for money if I'm not giving to that campaign as well. Absolutely. And I expect that of all of my colleagues in the fund, in the department, mm -hmm. whatever organization I'm doing. I, I expect it from every organization. When I was at Grossmont Cuyamaca as a vice chancellor, we, they had um, a very low employee giving rate. And just because it was not a historical practice and it wasn't that they had never given, I mean, didn't give, <laughs> um, it just wasn't part of the culture, right? right? And so one of the things I was very proud of doing there was building an employee giving program. Nice. And everyone, I think the, the interesting parts were, why are you doing this? Why are you asking us to do this? And the answer was very simple. Every time I had to write a grant, they always asked, That's what's right. the percentage of your, you know, internal giving? That's right. And when I would say zero or 0.05%, that's not very helpful. <laughs> no. Right. And so I, we had to do an education tour on saying, why is internal giving important? And it started with our board. Then it rolled out to our staff and it led, it trickled all the way down, even to alumni. And saying, why is that important? Because we want people to understand that if they didn't have capacity to give, that's fine. But when they could, they did. And we said, even, even if it's a dollar Absolutely. A month, Absolutely. You know, I just wanted the, everyone to feel engaged in that process. And, and so I, we, we kept the donation amounts for, per person completely confidential. Absolutely. And so it was, it came out of payroll. Right. And very was, easy. Right. And so it was great when someone could say, we could say all around the room, does everyone participating, even if it was a dollar, but if some others had the capacity to give more, they did. And it was great. And it just transformed that world of, of that culture of giving internally. And then it also opened up a lot of more opportunities when we were asking for outside funders for money because they thought, okay. You've proven in, <laughs> with internally that you're, you're worth it and your, your internal staff are supporting it. We want to help you too. Absolutely. It's you know, it's that ripple effect, right? Right. And mindset. Absolutely. And it starts that way. Right. And I think that that's the other piece. We can't, we can't judge ourselves so, so difficultly <laughs> for what we may or may have not done in the past. <laughs> right. And I think that was a big piece was the cultural mind shift of, well, by saying we've never done an employee giving program, oh no, does that mean we've not done something well? And I think that was just a learning thing of no, like 
Absolutely not. It was not part of what we had ever done. No one ever asked, right? People right. always say, how well, can I, I wasn't get asked. It? I wasn't asked, right? And so once people started being, like realizing that there was a fund you could donate to, we made it really pro- easy to go through a payroll donation. And that's then it good. just became a way. Yeah. So I think that's a, you know, an additional piece that people don't necessarily know, but it goes a long way. And, and people want to know that from, from right of a, a giving perspective, when, especially when you're asking other people. Right. Because they'll know, like, are you giving to others or yourself? That matters. Well, you made a good point. The converse is true also. Um, just because they have a debt in the past doesn't mean they can't start it. A lot of people say, well, we've never done that before. So uh-huh. this is the way it's always been. Oh, my least favorite word. My least favorite phrase. Let's try something new. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite phrases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely agree with you that it's um, it's okay. Don't judge yourself. Yeah, I think Be open to, to new things. I think we have to give ourselves the grace. To just say, it's okay if not this hasn't happened before. And try and be open t- to trying something new. You know, I when I was at Grossman Queen Mecca, we had um, we were doing this employee giving campaign. And so I vowed to wear a turkey costume for 72 <laughs> hours. Oh my god. I did. And I did it. And so we had 50 new donors. For, for the employee giving campaign. And I wore this turkey costume and I had to go around and if they if someone donated on a monthly basis, then they wrote their name on a button, tagged me on it, and we called it Tag the Turkey. Oh and my goodness. And so I went around, I even went to a board meeting, <gasps> like a public board meeting, dressed as a, tur- as a turkey, as a vice chancellor sitting... <laughs> I love that because I, I, and we had a big thermometer and it was my goodness and it was great. And even at that board meeting, I had board members giving who hadn't been giving. I had, um, all sorts of community members who were attending that realized, oh, I didn't even know I, you, I could donate to this cause. Right. So it was one about awareness, but to put yourself out there, like, why not build the, be creative to try to try something new. Right. And if that hasn't happened before, not a problem. Right. So, yeah. So I always challenge people out there just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't. (laughs) Well, that's because you put the fun in fundraising. That's right. It needs to be. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Good for Others podcast. I'm here with Kelly Buchanan, a fundraising expert, and we're just chatting about Nonprofit work and how building relationships really, really matter. So, Kelly, before we end the podcast today, I do want to ask you one question. Um, For me, I really love the nonprofit world, and I know you do too. And And I really feel that it's because I get to have that direct impact on changing the world, right? So the truth is, it's all not glamorous in the work we do, right? We have really high days and we have really low days. So true. Tell me about one of your low days. When you've written grants or solicited donations and you don't get anything in the mail mm-hmm. or yeah. email. Yeah. How do you overcome that? I think that's a big piece, right? Because... <sighs> It's 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 a roller coaster. 
and you're building these relationships, but these donors are getting pulled away in so many different right. different ways. Here in, not in San Diego, there's over 11,000 nonprofits. So the competition, if you will, for not for nonprofits and donors in a in a finite amount of money is tough. Right. And so there are times where you may think a donation is coming through, it doesn't happen. Um and that has direct impact on staffing, on program impact. So when that when days like that happen, how do you get through it? You have to stay positive because if you've done the work, it's going to happen. Um and I just say, okay, Monday's a new day. And then you know what? The next week, and you get that email, and you're like, yes, you got that $100,000 grant. Woohoo! You know, that makes up for those bad weeks. Yeah, I think that's, that's a big part where I've been in organizations when you don't celebrate the wins, I call them, um, the lows are worse. Right. Oh, yes. Right? So all of a sudden you're like, if you're just getting these wins and you're not really validating them or appreciating them, they become like the lows, right? And so you have to differentiate the two by celebrating those ones. Absolutely. Yeah, I always have, whenever I have staff meetings, I always start the meeting with wins. I go around the table, what are your wins? And I want everybody, even if it's the silliest thing that seems so small, it doesn't. Because every win is important, right? And being positive and staying positive allows those 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 lulls to be a little easier. So absolutely, that's great. All right. So one of the things we love to do before we wrap up a podcast is that we we have a segment called Three Wishes. So let's imagine a genie is here, and he is going to grant you. Any three wishes of your choice, what would you make for your first wish? Well, my aunt is in the hospital right now, and my wish is that for her to get better. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Especially around the holidays. Mm -hmm. Um, She's very stubborn, Mm. and um, I want her to get better. That would be wonderful. Yes, it would. Um, and if I could have anyone back in my life that is no longer with us, it Mm. would be my mom Mm. because sometimes, especially when during the hard times, that's who you need the most. Mm. And my third wish would be that the world will figure out its problems so that my kids can enjoy their lives. Mm. Specifically with environment mm. um, and some other things that are going on in the world today. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your mom. Well, she started me in fundraising mm-hmm. indirectly. Right. Um, 23 years ago. Yes. Um, she's a good person. She had a bleeding heart. Mm. Always wanted to help other people, even though she needed help herself, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably why I learned my uh, empathy, sympathy, kindness, love for others. Mm. That's great. And the world. And what, do you, um, what do you mean? The world. You want the world to be 
a little better for, for the future generations. Yes. Absolutely. There's a lot going on right now. Climate change, etc. So yes, that would be wonderful, right? It a would little be. more focus. A little more focus, a little more care for each other and the world. Well, great. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. You are truly inspiring to me, and I appreciate you so, so very much. You are one of my favorite human beings, and I hope you know that. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Um, thank you for for your dedication for 23 years into in transforming the lives of so many people and getting people really excited about making a difference. And if no one's told you that today, I hope you hear that loud and clear because there are a lot of people. I know many of the organizations you've worked with, and I know people who are directly impacted in a wonderfully positive way because of the work you've done and the relationships you've built. And for me, you are truly inspiring. So I just want you to know that. And I really, really appreciate you being here today. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. And everyone who's listening, I appreciate it. We hope that you have found today to be a little inspiring and that you can go out in the world and make it a little better. And with that, we will say goodbye. Thank you so much, Kelly, Sam. Have a great day.